Powered by Rev Media in partnership with TSN, it is season five, episode 43 of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast, presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. You have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC, 15-year-old Sherry Cask, signature CC Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Cask. And for our YouTube friends and family, Ray, you are in Tampa, Florida. Tampa Bay, yeah. always corrected. I want to I wanna go with the short version, Tampa. And every time you say that to somebody who lives in Tampa Bay, they're like, no, no, it's 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 Tampa Bay. It's not Tampa. It's it's Tampa Bay. Anyway, it's easy to get to Tampa Bay from Vancouver, isn't it? It is. It's a quick if, flight. Yeah. If the plane has all the parts that it needs, it <laughs> you get there way quicker. I get to the airport at yeah. five. No, six thirty yesterday morning for a eight o'clock flight. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. got on the plane. Where then all of a sudden I realized we're just sitting here. Like I wonder what's going on. Pilot's like, oh, a little problem with a hydraulic pump. Well, that doesn't sound like a little problem to me. Parts no good. Don't have it. Flight's canceled. So now I'm, my next flight's at one fifteen, which is fine, except it's eight fifteen, and there's nowhere to go. I mean, you're in the airport, right? Yeah, it's just like, it sucked. And then really good flights and got here at 1230. That's a hell of a long day. To you know, really the old Ray, though, much. the old Ray would have been stewing about this, right? Instead, you know what I thought? You know what I yeah. thought yesterday, Driggs, is if I miss my flight, it's not my problem. Not your problem. I. No. But you're right. Before, that would have been a, that would have been a cheeseburger of stress. Oh, boy. I would have so had. so what do you do to kill time in that situation? You run by a crossword book, um Sudoku, like what are you doing? How are you? No, doing I did that? I did all my work. Oh, um very good. And so I I did most of my prep for the game today. Washington and Tampa's here. Ovi's got eight goals in eight games and Ooh. you know, the caps are you know, somehow lurking around a playoff spot. I know. And and then I did my Tampa stuff because they've been getting the you know what kicked out of them with the last couple of games. And, um, and then I got on the plane and I don't generally fly Delta, but I think I might start because it oh. was awesome. And they had live TV and, um, I watched, uh, I have the flyers on Saturday in New York. So I watched the flyers in Chicago and then yeah. the first part of the Oilers and Bruins, and then got to my hotel and watched the end of the Oilers Bruins, which was awesome. Wild. Yeah, yeah, no, was so it turned out to be a good day. Just freaking long, long. <laughs> just long. <laughs> All right, well let's uh, let's dive into headlines, and uh, we'll talk about that Oilers Bruins game coming up in a few minutes. Here, headlines are brought to you by Tim Hortons. Add the perfect blend of heat and sweet to your next lunch or dinner with Tim's new sweet chili chicken loaded wrap or bowl, packed with hearty ingredients like tasty grains, lettuce, fresh tomatoes, and cucumbers, and of course. Your choice of crispy or slow-cooked chicken only at Tim's. Another big game, a late game for those Toronto Maple Leafs fans who are caught on everything that Austin Matthews does in Arizona last night. So the Leafs find a way to beat Arizona, and part of the way was with Austin Matthews scoring 50 and 51. Now, 50 was on the power play, and we've seen Matthews Shoot the puck like that from that spot, left side, so many times, right? So many times. 51, 
not quite by design. Yep, off the defenseman, off Matthew's shoulder and into the net. But sure. You know, you probably had stretches like that, Ray, you know, when when you felt it, right? When the puck was going in for you. And, man, is it going in for Austin Matthews right now. Record setting. But when the puck goes in off your shoulder for number 51, eh, you got some pretty good mojo happening in your hockey world. Yeah, I think he's probably giggling at a little bit of that stuff right now because, as you mentioned, it's like everything's rolling and, Everything you shoot go, shoot goes into the net, and the puck always seems to find you again, even in places where it shouldn't. It just bounces three times, and it comes yeah. to you. And But I, I'll tell you what I'm most impressed. Like, the goal he scored on the power play, he's just standing there, and he's kind of surveying what's going on, and then all of a sudden it's just gone <laughs> off his stick. Like, his yeah. the way he shoots it, the force he shoots it, how quickly he shoots it, it's really uh, – it, it's it's really something to watch. And, um, you know, we spent a lot of time early in the year talking about Connor Bedard and how, you know, can his shot translate from junior to the NHL? Pretty clearly mm-hmm. it can. And he said he spent all kinds of time watching Matthew's videos mm-hmm. about how he shoots, how he transfers his weight, how he opens his hips up. There's There's so much more technically that can be done now and Matthews does, in the shooting position, does so much of it so perfectly. Like, I don't yeah. know how he plays golf, but I assume he hits it 40 <laughs> miles. Because yeah. it's, it, in a lot of ways, it's the same, it's the same release points. And right. man, he is, what a year. What a, of, of all Terrific the great year. American goal scorers to be, yeah. you know, to get to 50 quicker than anybody else is, is pretty awesome. So Steve Dryden called me. Um, and, oh, you know, that was you always got to manage. You have short to manage call? these calls. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. it was because he sent me a text message. Do you have a few minutes? And I said, just a few because I, I've got the podcast to look after. So I gave him a very specific time. He called three minutes before the time allotment was <laughs> yes, about to of course expire. He did. So I'm like, Steve, I'm sorry. I've got three minutes. Anyway. Um, his point was, and I'm giving him full credit, he goes, hey, can you ask Ray, because I, I sense it's a quiz question. We've got uh, Toronto and Vegas tonight, so I'm, I'm sensing it's a Matthews-related quiz question. Uh, he wants a historical comparison. Who does Ray think Matthews reminds most of? And I, I mean, if, if, if you need an assistance, and I don't know, do you want a hint? Like he threw out... Um, a few. He threw out Bossy. He threw out uh, Brett Hull. Um, current day, he mm. threw out Ovechkin, which was interesting to me. Any of those kind of equate for you or a combination of all of the above? Someone uh, else? Well, I think he's really unique because in the guys that you just gave, because yeah. none of those other guys carried the puck. None of them could transport it like, like Matthews does. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it his size and the way that he can lean on people and push people away. The he, I think he's really. I, I'm I'm just kind of racking my brain here to, to yeah, some of yeah. the some of the best goal scorers in the game and. Like, how long are we going to be talking if Matthews gets, what if he gets four or five 50-goal years in the next six? 
Right. Like, why can't he? Yeah. And yeah. like, are, are we talking about him pretty soon in a historical perspective? Could because, be. You know, he's, he's different. He's just yeah. different. And so I don't, like Bossy was in in my mind the best pure scorer that I ever saw. Just the, I mean Ovi's Ovi. He's at an you know has been for fifteen years at another level. But yeah, Bossy did it in a time when, you know, you you just got mugged on your way everywhere, yeah. and I think that yeah. separated him a little bit. <laughs> Hully was just a force. Just you know, like his shot was just so much different than everybody else's and. Ovi is just size and power, like different. Mm -hmm. They're all so different. And so I don't, I don't really have one. I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained watching goal scorers do their thing. (laughs) Well, and, and look with every goal scorer you describe as a finisher, that's what they do. They put the puck (laughs) in the net, but you need, um, you know, uh, an electrifying playmaker to help you do that. And the Marner Matthews combination I mean, it's as good as there is in, in today's NHL. And, you know, Marner, as, as you can appreciate, Ray, always seems to be a beacon for negativity in Toronto, right? Um, and that comes with the territory. I mean, when you have the puck all the time, sometimes it doesn't always go your way. You turn the puck over, right? And maybe you don't get that puck back. <laughs> like, whatever, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But it, what's undeniable is how well he's played through this stretch alongside Matthews. So he's got 11 assists in four games does he fly under the radar or is that just a toronto market thing because we're so captivated by matthews that there's not enough room on that pedestal for two so it's matthews and yeah okay well mitch had another multi-point game but it's mitch minor and you know he doesn't deserve that level of praise well um i i i think matthews is completely different and is just special right i think marner is an amazing player but it would be i'm just going through um you know who kind of flies under the radar drake's kind of the same way pretty good player leon Dreisaitl. no kidding yeah uh what about miko rantanen in colorado rantanen's third banana there behind (laughs) they go mckinnon mccarr oh oh, yeah Rantanen. he got 50 (laughs) goals again last year so yeah yeah, of course he flies under the radar because matthews is going to be it's it's never marner and matthews it's matthews and marner yes correct and and that's that's just the the way it is there and uh tremendous passer sees the game clearly from a creative point of view about finding Mm -hmm. a little angle. i'm gonna tell you here's i just thought of this john tortorella's first day on tv we're on the panel. I'm sitting next to him. We're doing a, a, rev- or a preview of all the Canadian clubs. And Ottawa was really good then. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, a, a player like Jason Spezza, you got to give him a little space uh, to make a mistake because he can do things that other players can do with the puck. He can do more. And so yeah. you got to give him a little, a little room. It, a little bit like Marner, yeah. right? And so as soon as I say that, now, again, Torch has been on TV like 22 minutes in it, it, it first time. He goes, bullshit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and Duffy turns around and goes, oh, 22 minutes, I, I saved it. Or, or yeah. he goes, 22 minutes, I win the pool. And Torch was like so apologetic. He couldn't believe he just swore on TV. <laughs> It was awesome. And so that's what I think of when you said about, you know, yeah. when he turns the puck over a little bit. 
Uh, Kyle Dubas, general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, met with the media this week, yesterday. Uh, you know, he, he vows to remain patient, admits that a rebuild, renovation, whatever it is, is, is next to impossible, right? With his aging stars, Crosby, Malkin, Latang. I guess we can throw Eric Carlson into that mix. But he thinks their experience can help coach uh, their younger players into form. And what was also interesting, and I, I appreciate the media asking this question. You know, if you're going into a, a, a transition, it's fair to ask about the offseason and what that transition might look like. And could it include a coaching change? And, you know, Dubas understood the question, but I thought he did a real nice job of explaining the strengths of Mike Sullivan and how he's a proven winner, but what many people maybe don't know is how strong he is developmentally. So that to me was a ringing endorsement. Not that anybody was looking for him to say, ah, well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll evaluate everything. You know, I'm not going to answer that today. Let's wait until, no. I mean, he basically dismissed the possibility, but did so in a, in a fair and a very respectful way, because I, I, I think he's right. Like Mike Sullivan yeah. is a developmentally strong guy. Look at his, his career path. I mean, that's what his career has been based on largely. Yes. A, another factor is I think he's got four years left on his contract. So yeah, yeah, that now, helps. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be the time to do anything else. So they're, they are really stuck. And two years ago, they decide they, they had a chance two years ago to completely reshape that team. And they decided that they were going to sign Latang and Mal and then later Malkin to longer contracts. Yeah. So as soon as those moves were made, that was by Ron Hextall's group, the die was cast for what the Penguins were going to be. Because you could have, hard as it is, you could have moved on from those players at that time, had all that cap space sure. and, and reshaped your team. And then this summer they go and make the deal for um, uh, for Carlson. Carlson. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I don't, I don't give a rat's rear end about mm -hmm. what analytics tell me in Eric Carlson's case um, that he's oh he drives play he does this. If you watch them, if you watch the goal that he gave up the other night, it's just not there this year. It right. just isn't. It's not been very good. And so you've, you know, Latang has had to kind of, they've kind of had to manipulate his minutes around Carlson and Carlson around Latang. You know, that's a little bit awkward. It didn't work in San Jose when Brent Burns was there. Mm -hmm. You've got two big minute guys that play the same position that shoot the same hand. It's like, it's awkward. Mm -hmm. Malkin says the other day, I'm, I'm not what I used to be. And he's not. He's 37 years old. Yeah, and yeah. the only one of the older guys that drives still is Crosby. And yeah. and I I just don't <laughs> when he says a rebuild and a retool isn't quite possible, I just don't know how they transition from this to that. Like right. how do you get yeah. to where how how do you get to where you're going if yeah. you don't know where you're going? And that's that's Dubas's biggest um, 
evaluation right now is where do we want to go in the next couple of years? If you decide you want to trade one or two of those guys, who's taking those contracts? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he talked about it. It's not as easy as Gensel, right? Yeah. And and look, he he talked about valuing the trade capital or or draft capital, sorry, because they've historically, and he he referenced his time in Toronto. and, And at some point, You've got to be mindful and protective of those assets. And that's the way it feels in Pittsburgh now. So I guess the flip side is if you're trading Jake Gensel, you've got to get a young NHL player back or at least a, a better prospect back in the package so that Crosby and company can can mentor those pieces. But beyond Gensel, you know, you're looking at Riley Smith. I mean, what else does he have to, to move out there if – if you're not going fully into that renovation mode. Well, the, the guy I, I thought of, Lars Eller, I mean, I know they just brought him in, but he's had a good year, and a, a team would look at him as a third-line center. But For sure, yeah. You know, like a, they don't have they don't have pieces that are that jump out at you and say, oh, that's, that's a right. player you could move and bring somebody back in. Um, I... I don't know where they go with it. It is, and here's the here's the thing. So, say you want to you want to save your draft capital. You want to trade. Maybe you, let's say it is Gensel, and so you need a first round pick. You need a young NHL player. Um, that first round pick does Crosby and Malkin and Latang no good. No, no because good. by the time by the time that kid shows up, those guys are are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like it's. Uh, they're they're in a tough spot in Pittsburgh. They really are. Um, let's stay in the East, and I don't want to be disrespectful to Toronto and some of the other teams that, of course, of course, have a chance. You qualify for the playoffs in either conference, you've got a chance. That's pretty obvious. But I'm looking at the Rangers and the run they're on, the Florida Panthers, the run they're on. Um, we mentioned Boston and Edmonton and how wild that game was last night. Boston leads the East. So from purely an Eastern Conference standpoint, Ray, is it kind of these three teams, Boston, Florida, and the New York Rangers, um, and then yes. kind of a class of their own in the East? Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Here, here's one thing that I look at, Drake's, because um, I think it matters, and where it really came to me was a couple of years ago when Florida, uh, when Andrew Brunette took over the Panthers, and they had, you know, they ran away with the East. They were way out front and they had a whole bunch of overtime and shootout wins. Those yeah. do not translate right. to full value wins in, in my, in my view. So I'm looking at the standings right now. Florida leads the East with 31 regulation wins. Mm. Toronto's got 21. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that, that's a different world. Because yeah. there isn't three on three, there isn't shootouts, right? In the yeah. playoffs. So at the top, Florida's at 31, the Rangers are at 29, Boston's at 26, and Carolina's at at 27. Hmm. Then you got the Leafs and the Flyers at 21 and 22. Like it matters yeah. to me. Sure. Now it yeah. I guess for two weeks in a in a series, it could be a little different. But the Rangers are gonna add at the deadline. Um I think they're pretty good. And if I were the other teams, the thing that would make me most nervous is it looks like Shesterkin's fine in his game. Mm-hmm. And if he finds it, like really finds it, Look they're, out. Yeah. they're pretty good. 
Um, yeah. the, the Bruins, I, I, I'm just constantly surprised and amazed by them. <laughs> I really am. Um, and for, I don't think anybody anywhere wants to play Florida. I wouldn't either. Like, I, I just, I just don't. And what if, what if Carolina for the first time ever goes and gets a goal score yeah. at the deadline? Yeah. Right? Like, they don't give up any goals. They've had five different goalies. It doesn't seem to matter who they put in there. And they're, they're, they would be a pain. But here's Toronto again. In this time of Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares, I guess, the, the, top, of the, the top of their division is yep. murder. It's, it's just the timing is horrible. You got to get through, you yeah. got to get through Florida or Boston in that first round. And it's no, it, not that anybody has an easy road, but theirs has not been easy. Yeah. Quick thought. If you're Brad Trilliving, are, are you dealing with a false sense of security now? So Riley comes back off the five game suspension. Toronto did terrific. Uh, TJ Brody probably played his best as a defenseman for the Maple Leafs in a long, long time through this stretch. Timothy Lilligren, you know, collected some points. Anyway, my point being, we've talked in the media just endlessly about Trilliving's need for a right-shot defenseman. Give up that first-round pick. Give up your prospect. Um, and what I said earlier today in Toronto Radio was that it, it, it's not just about how defense respond to added responsibility. Simone Benoit, Lilligren, Brody, McCabe, go down the list. Do you not then have to compare yourself in answering the question of the false sense of security with that blue line? Compare yourself to Florida, to the Vegas Golden Knights, like the teams that have made it to the Stanley well, Cup finalists. Shouldn't that be your measuring stick as opposed to what you think you have internally? Well, I, I mean, sure. I, at the end of the day, if that's what your goals are, which you know, not every team is thinking they're going to win the cup every year, but uh, everybody wants a definitive answer 17 times during the year. Right. And the reason the season is so hard to talk about sometimes is because it's so bloody long. Yeah. So the Leafs have won five in a row, twice against St. Louis, who were right scraping on the edge of a playoff team or not. Yeah, They had a 3-1 lead with six minutes left against Philly. They won in overtime. And they beat Anaheim and Arizona. Arizona's lost 11 straight. Anaheim was, you know, they weren't ever in the game. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, to say this is the Leaf team and, you know, they found a new way to play and it's a moment in the season. Yeah, You cannot look at that defense and say that's a championship caliber contending defense. It, they, yeah. They've had a really nice run of play against some really manageable competition. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't, here's the thing, the, get, the managers don't get fooled very often. They've got, no matter what they tell us, like no matter what <laughs> Kyle Dubas yeah, went yeah. out and, and spilled yesterday or, or Brad Treliving talks about in his media availabilities, internally they've got, the bare bones look at their team. Rarely are they wrong. It doesn't mean they can fix it, right? Because yeah. it's it's hellacious to to fix a defense. But um, I'm sure they're happy. I'm sure they're, <laughs> you know, they're like. But they look at that team, Dregs, with I, I would hope with an honesty and go, yeah, you know, we're we're still a ways away on the blue line. 
it's been great now, but you still got to still got to try and dig away at it. Well, speaking of blue lines, we've got Buffalo Sabres defenseman Rasmus Dahlin who will join us coming up on the podcast. Why don't we wrap up the Tim Hortons headlines with, again, kind of how we teased, and that was the wildness of that Boston-Edmonton game. Now, the Bruins blew a three-goal lead, um, which I, I think is somewhat out of character based on the structure and the goaltending that the Bruins have. But credit to the Oilers, right? I mean, they face some adversity. RNH is sick. Warren Fogle gets elevated. He comes up with a big night with uh, a, a couple of goals. Just overall, fairly entertaining hockey that ultimately ended swing in the way of of the Bruins with McAvoy scoring in overtime. But a fun game to to watch, no doubt about it. Was, that. It was awesome. Um, it was sloppy and messy and... You know, there were mistakes made and love it. Yeah. And, and sometimes the game just gets away from itself and it just becomes that kind of a free for all. Um, you know, Edmonton has a, I think almost a, almost a full two minutes in, in overtime, uh, on the power play. They miss. Van Reemsdyke comes out of the box, gets a breakaway. He misses. The Bruins get like three more chances, don't score. And then McAvoy scores a beauty to win. <laughs> I, but as I was watching, I'm like, this is what's good about the NHL. The Bruins in the past, that three goal lead, we could have all gone to bed. Yeah. And, and cause it was over. Yeah. And now it's just not. And when it was four one, the Oilers get that late second period goal and you're like, Oh, four two. Yeah. Yeah. I got to stay and watch. And then, <laughs> Oh, it's four four. And yeah, I, yeah, I thought, I, I thought it was a pretty good glimpse of why the league's entertaining to watch. Yeah, and I, you know, from an Oilers perspective, I like the fact that, you know, it's Warren Fogle who's always seemingly in trade conversation or speculation, right? So, um, you know, he gets a couple. Hyman, of course, I mean, he's been Mr. Consistency this mm -hmm. year. Corey Perry seems to be fitting in nicely. So mm -hmm. it was the sum of the parts and not just the stars last night that earned that. Man, those guys got to chip in, don't they? they yeah. So yeah. Fogel, uh, you know, had a brutal first quarter of the year. He's got 13 goals now. Yeah. Like how many are you expecting from him? Mm -hmm. 15 yeah. for the year, yeah. right? And so now you got whatever the Oilers got left here. I don't even, I don't even know because they, they're a little bit behind in games. I think they got, well, they got uh, 29 games left and mm -hmm. You think he's going to get two goals? Probably. Yeah. So Fogel's yeah. got 15 to 20. McLeod had a terrible start and he's going to be in that same range. It's like, yeah. you got to, again, back to the season's length. It's like everybody wants a definitive answer, but the season's so long, you got to, yeah, you know, wait for it to play out. But that was, that was a hell of a game last night. Oh. It was really fun. Those are your headlines. Thank you to Tim Hortons. Introducing Tim's new sweet chili chicken loaded wraps and bowls. Packed with delicious and hearty ingredients and topped with our new sweet chili sauce. Try Tim's sweet chili chicken loaded wraps and bowls today. Our interviews on Ray and Greg's brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series CC 15 year old Sherry Cask. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. All right, we've got Rasmus Dahlin of the Buffalo Sabres joining us this week on the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. And, you know, it's been one of those years for the Buffalo Sabres, hasn't it, Rasmus? But of late, you've won two of three, including Wednesday night, the 3-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens. So clearly you're playing better of late. So in your opinion, what's what's made the sudden difference here? 
Uh, good question. Um, <laughs> we uh, we're, we're playing more loose now. Um, we are uh, the the psyche and the mentality is a little different here, and uh, we're just trying to um, play loose and uh, compete out there. And it's, it seems to be working right now. So what, you guys had a a really fun and positive year last year. All of a sudden, things are there's like some expectation, and then it just doesn't go well. What what happened between last year and this year? Like, how how does that for such a talented group of guys, which you are, how did how did it go sideways a little bit? Uh, you know, we're a young team, and a lot of uh, new uh, expectations are coming into the team, and uh, the way to to handle ourselves, uh, new situation, and the way other teams are playing against us, and uh, we're we're more respected uh, coming into this year, so. Uh, it was new challenges for us, and um, and we had to learn them. So um, it's been uh, it's been a really good uh, learning curve for us, but uh, some new some new uh, challenges for sure. Did you do you feel that like when you're playing early and maybe it doesn't go great away right away? Do you feel like do you feel more pressure right away? Uh you know, we we put really uh, big pressure on, uh, on ourselves uh, coming into the season, talking about uh, different uh, goals we had, and um, we were uh, we weren't really prepared for it, honestly. And uh, uh, it kind of backfired a little bit, but um, now we we've seemed to, uh, to handle it better for sure. You guys are out on the road, and you got the mentors and the dads with you, and um, how? Uh... How has that been for for you guys? We never got to do it when I played. Man, I wish I could have brought my dad and yeah. uh, on a trip. But it seems like I'm looking at the video. It seems like you guys are having a lot of fun. Yeah, it's amazing. It's uh, probably the best trip of the year. Uh, the, the dads are having a blast, and so do we. So um, today we're going to uh, it's a uh, practice day, but after we go to Top Golf and then uh, dinner at night. So uh, it's going to be a great day. Yeah, I mean the, the the dads and the mentors were in the dressing room um, as part of of the announcement of the the lineup and whatnot. How about Mister Clifton? Coming in there and and describing what you need to do. Let's get to the dirty areas, guys. I'll, I'll fire yeah. up for you for that. I was so fired up. Yeah, he, <laughs> he uh, ended up being a, a competitive game, and uh, we uh, we did. We were in dirty dirty areas too. So he was uh, he was on spot and. Uh, he, he hopefully does it next game. Next game too. I uh, I saw somebody talk about. Uh, with the mother's trip, you know, you come out after a game and all the moms are there and they're like, oh, you know, you did a really good job. And when the dads are there, they're trying to fix every problem. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, the way he talked before the game, he probably says that to the TV before every game. So he finally uh, had a chance to do it in front of us. So it was great. Hey, Rasmus, when you were growing up and you're starting to be, um, you could, you know, we could all tell when, each of us are like, oh, geez, I think I really got a chance to be a pro or whatever. Did who was your guy? Who was your favorite guy growing up? Uh, the biggest idol I always had was Peter Forsberg. Um, right, he's such a legend in Sweden, and the way he played um, with an edge, and uh, he was so competitive. And uh, yeah, that that was my guy, and I, I always used to wear number twenty-one, and um, so he was the guy. But then. Growing up, uh, 
start playing D when I was around 14. Um, I, I really looked up to. Oh, you didn't. Now. Sorry, you didn't. You didn't start playing D till you were 14. Yeah, 13, <laughs> 14 around there. What made you do that? Uh, I realized that you can score playing defenseman too, and uh, <laughs> as a defenseman, you, you you're on the ice more than the forward, so it was an easy choice. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. So I I missed. Sorry, who was your who was your D guy? So um, Eric you, Eric Carlson. Yes. Okay. So when when you're when you're growing up and you're playing, like, do you have much access? I mean, you're young, but like, were you watching the NHL a lot? Were you thinking about playing in the SHL? Were you, or was it always NHL? No, uh, you're you're not uh, able to watch an NHL hockey growing up in Sweden because the tide is different. And um, yeah, so right. my biggest stars were uh, playing in Fralanda, uh SHL, and um, that was that was my uh, team. But your dream is always to play in NHL. You hear about stuff how uh, how amazing it is over here, but you never really know and see it. So uh, the SHL was uh, was the games I was watching. Okay, so if you don't see it much and then you get drafted and there's all this hype and pressure around you and then you get dropped into the NHL, it must have felt incredibly yeah. difficult when you started, no? Yeah, it was everything was new, right? And uh, you didn't really know what to expect. I, uh, I only saw one NHL game live before I played the actual NHL game. and uh, hmm. That was part of the uh, combine too, so... Um, there was a lot of new uh, new things, new language, new uh, new everything. So I had to uh, really uh, work hard. As a defenseman, that Sabres blue line looks like it's going to be the strength of this organization for many, many years to come. You know, I assume you challenge yourself every single shift, every single game. But, you know, are there obvious players that just kind of bring the best out of you as a defenseman? I'm thinking Matthews, who scored 15-51 last night. Um, you know, maybe it's the vintage of Crosby and Ovechkin over in the West. You've got McDavid and Dreisaitl and McKinn and on and on it goes. Are there any individual superstar forwards that, you know, you really elevate your game and you know you're playing up against them? Yeah, uh, I mean, I love playing all those guys. Uh, it makes me bring my A game. Um you can you can name you can name all those guys around the league and uh, especially Matthews. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I would have a really good game if he didn't score a goal. So <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy what he's doing right now. When uh, yeah, so just just curious about the when you look around the league and you look at teams and teams that are doing well, maybe teams that are way different than yours or teams that might be a little similar. What are the what are the Sabres, what's the next step for you guys? Like, what's, who do you look at and go, that team is the way we're going to play? Can you pick one? Yeah, uh, you know, you want to try and to find your, your own game, but uh, there are some teams that are playing really good, um, play a really solid, um, mature game, I would say. That's, that's the main thing to, to bring it every single night. It's, you, I love watching Boston because they uh, they bring their A game every single night. I don't. It's crazy how to do it. So uh, it's always tough to play against them, and um, that's how we want to play. I mean, we're we're young and really talented. Um, so we just we just have to be mature and um, 
our 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 lowest has to be higher than it is. So um, yeah, uh, we got some work to do. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's a really good point. The the low part of your game has to be closer to the top point of your game. Yeah, and yeah, and and that's hard to speed along, isn't it? I'm sure you do it now more than when you were 18, when you had a great game and then an 18 year old game, and now you try and squeeze it in together, right? And yeah. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It took me almost like five five years to figure it out, and uh, the way to handle yourself off the ice, it's 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 something you have to go through, and it, it takes longer for some person than others. Uh, so uh, I'm really sure in the future, when when we're more mature, that uh, we're going to be a really really good team. So what's the the challenge for you guys now to the end of the season? I mean, obviously you're going to try and claw back into the mix, even though it's it's a daunting task. But are you looking for some of the consistency the rest of the way that we've seen in the last three, four, five games? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That's 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 all it is really. Um, mm-hmm. We we just gotta we just gotta dig deep and uh, try as hard as we can. Now we uh, we got nothing to lose and uh, we really gotta push here. If you don't, if you don't, uh, just one last one for me. If you guys are out of it, um, would you, would you play in the world championships? Would you think about things like that? Or is it time to just get on and look into next year? Uh, for me, I, I love playing hockey and I, uh, I don't feel like, uh, you're done playing hockey in April. So, um, I mean, I, I hate to talk about world champions now when we have, uh, but yeah, uh, I love hockey and I always want to play hockey and have oh, a chance. To okay. Play. I'll ask you one more then. What about, <laughs> what about next year's at, at that four team tournament? Like that must yeah, be yeah. pretty exciting for you guys. Oh too. yeah. I'm all in on that because, you know, it, uh, playing in NHL, like I said, uh, young kids from back home are not able to, to watch us play. So, uh, to be able to play for team Sweden with the best the team, it's, it's, it's going to be a dream. Um, it's um, that's exciting for sure. Well, we're all looking forward to watching Agreed. watching that tournament. I th- I think it's going to be so fun for you guys. Yeah, I, I I can't wait. Hey, you better bring your A game the rest of the way, Rasmus. Your dad Martin called you a warrior. <laughs> I was going not good. I got cheer for that by the by the boys all game. Yeah, thanks, the whole dad. game. <laughs> thanks, dad. <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy thanks for doing this uh and uh all the best rest of the way for buffalo thank you very much See you guys. thank you all right rasmus dallin of the buffalo sabers our guest this week on the rain drags hockey podcast and uh you know good on him part of the dad's mentor trip took some time to uh, join us here on the podcast and you know, kind of a subtle confidence around this guy, right? But when you look at that blue line as a whole, Ray, um, you know, maybe just the further growing pains of the Buffalo Sabres generally organizationally if we analyze this season. But I think it's fair to assume, isn't it, moving forward, Darlene and that blue line are going to be one of the Buffalo Sabres' main strengths. Oh, I, I think contractually they've set it up that that's, that's going to be where they've built this team around with with him and Owen Power and um, uh, Samuelson, uh, they've signed them all six and seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and when you, you know, he mentioned Rasmus mentioned three, four times about the, you know, you've got to mature your game. You've got to, you know, they're young and yeah. well, all of a sudden he's not young anymore. Like he's the leader, you know? And so 
he can help now with some of the younger guys that are that move into the blue line, which is really crazy to think about when you know because he's not that old. Right. And so, I I was surprised they they struggled like they did early. But one thing that can't be overlooked ever is you need goaltending. Yeah, and yeah. they just didn't have it. And as they're fighting to find uh, you know a step alone goalie, they it, it's an up and down deal for them. But I I do think there's there are good days ahead in Buffalo, but they're mm-hmm. and to echo him their lack of maturity like their inexperience yeah. really has hurt them you know we, we had some fun at the end of it with his dad martin describing him as a warrior in the video that yep. the buffalo sabers posted and he, he of course laughed about it said oh i got chirped lots of times by the guys as soon as he said that i'm thinking oh boy Back in the day, if Ferraro was was up against oh. you, and the video had been laid out there during at any point of that day, but he he's going to live it down eventually. He's a very very good player, but it's one oh, thing that would have been a freebie. That oh, would have been a freebie. an absolute yeah. layup, right? It's one thing for yeah. your teammates to be chirping you, but the opposition yeah. is going to lay into him moving. Well, someone sees that, that and it's like it's <laughs> it's it's all over. That that stuff's uh, honestly that's that's a freebie. The, the other thing Dregs I like too was how he perked right up about the the four team oh, yeah. tournament next year. If if we have any question whether the players love international hockey, just talk yeah. to any of them about whether it's the four teams next year or the the disappointment of not being in the in the group to play next year or yeah. the Olympics with the Russian players and like the guys want to play it. They want to yeah. play it. And I think it'll be great. No, I do too. All right, man. You are in Tampa Bay. You're gonna soak yep. up some sun this afternoon. Beautiful game. Yeah, I'm gonna get outside for sure. Uh, uh, over to the rink now and see the lightning in the Capitals, and, nice. um, and then we'll get at it tonight. And um, and then I'm in Philly on Saturday for the Rangers for mm. ABC. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, sadly, I'm heading west, and. Um, I want to dedicate this podcast, Ray, to Darlene Jackson, who passed away at the age of 58 um, because mm. of cancer. She was an avid listener of Ray and Driggs, always would text me with little barbs about, I got a chuckle out of you guys talking about this, talking about that. She's Darlene and Garth, uh, my neighbors at the Cabbage in Manitoba. So uh, sadly, uh, heading west to pay our respects, but we'll be back next week ready for another mm-hmm. episode. So have a good week. Well, uh, all the best to their family, and that's yeah. uh, just lousy news, Drakes, and all yeah. the best to, to them, and have a safe trip back there. All right, buddy. Thank you, and thank you to our sponsors who continue to support Ray and Dregs and make the pod possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and, of course, Tim Hortons. Until next time, stay safe, everybody.